the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unravel Podcast, Episode 9. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Hey, Sandra. Good morning. How are you? Good. Only 30,000 days left in the million (laughs) days of May. Yeah, yeah, it's almost over. It's almost over. God, it yeah. is a crazy month, right? It really is. It really is. I'm a little worse for wear this morning. It's like I remember it at the beginning of the month that last year I was like, oh, the million days of May. But then you think you can handle it like it's a fresh month. I got this this right. year. <laughs> this year, it's 2017. I've got May. I've done it. I've done 40. Mm-hmm. 40- six other Mays. Mm-hmm. So surely I can just do this one like a boss, but yeah. no, it I sneaks am. Up on you. It just keeps, yeah. keeps going and going and going and it's still going. So by the time this airs, it'll be June 5th and it will be the day after your birthday. Um, so I'll say happy birthday to you now a little early because when you. it airs, it will be your birthday. birthday. Uh, Jim and I, Surprise! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so you can celebrate. We're gonna get you there. We're gonna get you there. That's what's gonna happen. We're gonna get through the day. So, your son is graduating. My son is graduating. All the graduation stuff is happening. Your son's graduating today, right? He's graduating tonight. Uh, Yeah, he's got one more party and then one more day. Chloe has two parties one today and one tomorrow it's like all month of parties right I mean basically that's kind of what May turns into at school it's turn in the big projects and let's party and turn in your books and yeah 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 which is fun for them Mm -hmm. exhausting for parents (laughs) absolutely well I had my final um my finals in school and that was awesome yeah. to get through and get done. And that felt like a nice little chapter closing. But that was also projects and things and uh, art critique and a party for that. So, yeah, it's, it's, that's all done. And I'm glad. Um, you're done and you're not taking summer school, right? Not. It's going to be the first time I haven't taken a class. Since, well, when I got sober is when I went back to school. So it's been two continuous years of semesters. And this will be the first semester I've had off in two years. Oh, yeah. I think you'll come back mm-hmm. refreshed. <laughs> I am looking forward to all kinds of other plans this summer and creative yeah. things. So I'm looking forward to my own little summer school that I'm going to create for myself. So yeah. I love it. Max and I were brainstorming on some summer plans this morning. Mm-hmm. We want to read. Do you do you guys read books together anymore? Not anymore. We don't. I'd like to. No. 
I have to say, but that's more me. I haven't made the time for it. So, well, my son is, um, he doesn't love reading. Like he loves books, but he, it's hard for him. You know, it's just, uh, it's just a learning disability type thing or something, but he, it's very hard. He has low reading comprehension skills, Mm -hmm. I guess is what that's technically called. Mm -hmm. And, um, so he has a hard time sitting down and reading a book. Although he loves books, he loves the idea of reading books. He just has a hard time actually doing it. And so we're, you know, still, I will bring up Hamilton again, but we, you know, are so into Hamilton and it's made us both do our own historical research. And um, he got that book, the Hamilton book that Lin-Manuel Miranda had read and wrote yeah, yeah. the 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 music you know based off of this book and it's like a 600 page book I say it's a tome yeah I remember mm-hmm. it was a yeah so we have that and we want to read it together this summer we'll see how we'll see if we get through it I hope that we do. And he also wrote a book about Washington that's supposed to be, I think he won a Pulitzer Prize for it or something for his Washington book, which is supposed to be really good as well. So anyway. I love that kind of project. We're going to dork out on some history (laughs) this summer. (laughs) I like it. Well, my son has acquiesced and agreed to um, continue with our third summer of the Summer Selfie Project. Nice. That we've done for the last two. I thought he was going to not want to do that with me. Um, but he said he would do it again. So that's where we take a little tiny journal and he draws a selfie on the left-hand side of the page and I draw a selfie on the right-hand side. It can take no longer than five minutes. This is something, a small little journal that we carry in our my bag or it's at the kitchen table. So we're going to do that for as long as we feel like it. So there's no, um, he doesn't have to do it every day this summer. We're just going to do it when it strikes. And, um, yeah, so I'm glad he agreed to do that. And that's the, that's the most I think I'm going to get out of him for a joint project. Well, that's good. That's a fun one. As long as you can let go of your expectations. Yeah. I think I kind of already have because I I had them the last couple of years and, Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that he even wants to, I'm just kind of excited now. So, yeah. Okay. Let's just, as long as we can do it together, that would be fine um I also yeah no no no, just that 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 summer is here and that 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 these kind of projects like that you can carve out a little time like I say it only takes a couple of minutes so it doesn't have to be anything long and like you're reading with your son you guys could do it over breakfast or you could do it right you know carve Mm -hmm. out a little bit of of, of time and and I yeah that's um yeah and if you don't finish like you said however much you get through it's just kind of like that nice nice time together. Exactly. Exactly. Um, how was your Memorial Day weekend? We are on the tail of, mm. so, we usually record on Monday, but yeah. this is Tuesday. Yeah. So God, don't they just bring up a lot of memories, a lot of drinking Ugh. memories, these holiday yes. weekends? I don't know yes. if there's one woman in recovery that I talked to this weekend that didn't have a Memorial Day weekend story mm-hmm. or some kind of memory. Um, yeah, so mine, I, I three years ago, it was pretty bad, had a pretty dark, um, I'm going to talk about that a little later with one of my mentors that I met three years ago who came to my house on Memorial Day weekend. Um, but that was a pretty dark Memorial 
day weekend and dark and black out and the whole thing really so, dark very the darkest <laughs> lights off of the dark <laughs> can't even quite remember it um so I made sure I front-loaded this weekend my Sunday there's a music festival in my town that happens um every weekend called or every Memorial Day weekend it's called Oyster Palooza and I used to work there and sell wine there and I used to drink there and I used to dance there and I used to black out there and that's happening this weekend. So I booked my Sunday that would normally be the day of the festival and I went and had, I went to a meeting and I went and had a manicure and a pedicure with my friend, had lunch, went thrifting, got some awesome summer deals that I did some Instagram stories over Instagram storied about and kept myself really, really busy. And that was really helpful. And then yesterday I went to the pool with our friend Natalie and we just packed all the non-alcoholic beverages as we, you know, as many as we could in both of our coolers. And we sat and giggled and laughed for five hours at the pool. I didn't even notice anybody drinking because I was so into how much fun we were having. So awesome. Very, very different. What about about you? Did you have any? Yeah, my, I had one really bad, you know, Memorial day Facebook memory that kept popping up and I, you know, every time I would open my computer or open Facebook, it would pop, something would pop up. I hate when that from happens. It five years ago. I know. I just want to throw a towel over it and just go, ugh, go away. I've dealt with you already. But then it just kept, it just kept popping up. Uh-huh. And, um, it's just one of those that's, that's, awful it involves my kids and mm-hmm. I don't even think I'm even ready to talk about it yeah. uh, publicly but um, but I've written about it to close friends and boy it just looks so different now right <laughs> so different now because you had a pretty awesome busy weekend I right I did yeah I shot a wedding I shot a lesbian wedding which are my favorite weddings to shoot and um it was so sweet so sweet and I went to um a music festival a hippie folk music festival out in the Texas hill country that I've actually been going to since I was in college so you can only you know how different (laughs) different it looks now but even just going a couple of years ago it looks different you know I'd haul my kids out there and still you know manage to consume a lot of alcohol Mm -hmm. um because you know they were tucked away in a festival and they were fine and you know in my head they were fine so um but we had we had a great time my my daughter was a little bit sick and you know she threw up and I didn't so that was a total win I mean none of the gratitude was lost on me when she was throwing up and I had a clean you know I had a glass of water to give her to drink as she was you know throwing up outside in front of crowds of people and poor thing. uh poor thing. I, know, I know and then yesterday um a lot of ladies were going to the never not broken um workshop that oh, right. I didn't get I I just couldn't sign up for it I knew I had so much going on and I just kept thinking I'm going to be doing 
everyone a disservice around me, including myself, when, you know, everyone's going to be really in a moment fighting back tears and I'm going to be thinking about my to-do list. And I just <laughs> right. So you took care of, you, you did radical self-care, right? You I opted know, out. I, I know. I hated it. I hate making those kind of decisions, but it was for the best because I did actually, um, some of the women were getting together beforehand, some Austin ladies, some, some women that I just met that came in from Houston and we met up at a, a little coffee little coffee place um beforehand so that was really nice that was really fun yeah yeah I'm glad that you chose what you chose though for you yeah it was perfect we there was like six of us and we had about 25 beverages on the table (laughs) water topo chico water (laughs) two topo chicos Uh, geez it was so funny Well, we're still all or nothing. It's just a different variety of all or nothing with our drinks, right? It's like all, like me and Natalie, let's have all the coolers full of all the drinks. I took a picture of it. I'm like, this is how I'm doing it this year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, that was nice. That was a nice cap to the to the weekend for me. And then I know those other women went on and had a really great night with um, Lauren Holly. So, yeah. It was good. Yeah, it's good to kind of have it over too. I'm glad today when I woke up, I'm like, okay, that weekend's yes. over because that's a little, yeah, a lot of memories. Ah. But that, that happens, right? New Year's Eve, um, uh-huh. Labor Day weekend, 4th of July. Like they're coming at us still. It's just how yeah. we handle them a little bit differently now. Yeah. Now that we're sober. For sure. So we today are talking about mentors and teachers. Yes. We are. I know we have so many. I had so many when I was. I have so many. I have. <laughs> Try to keep know. this succinct, but I'm like, okay, let's focus in. Let's I'm focus. Try to keep it succinct as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my jumping off point may look a little different than yours because if I'm going to start creatively speaking. You know, my first teachers in my life, since we're talking about Mm -hmm. pre-internet, my very first creative teachers were real-life people in my life (laughs) that I had spent one-on-one time with um, to learn, uh, you know, a creative thing. Um, that's just how you did it. You, you either went to a class or you had an internship or some type of direct study. And my God, I have to say, if anyone can still do that, I think that that's the best way to learn. Certainly how blessed are we that we have that you can take a creative class online or whatever, but, um, there's just something about working one-on-one with someone getting your questions answered immediately or, you know, watching how somebody does something. I mean, my granny taught me how to sew when I was a kid and, um, and now I teach kids how to sew and it's so, I mean, they just pick it up like crazy fast. They're not afraid, you know, they're sitting in front of this machine. That's not totally complex, but still there's a little complexity to it. And they pick it right up. And, you know, I did too. Um, 
and then, you know, for like from there on, I, you know, I had some pretty amazing, um, teachers in college, uh, you know, that I won't go through and list them all, but it's some, some people that I worked with pretty directly. I worked on, on, um, a project at one point, I think I mentioned it before I was a transcriber on the project. It was a Ford foundation funded project that followed the life of, um, a 1930s photographer named Russell Lee. And, um, I was a transcriber, but I worked really closely with the photographers and there was one in particular and she would really take the time to like show me her camera settings and show me like, come over here, look how this lighting is coming through this window. And you know, this is what's going to make this a great shot. You know, like she, she really like took a little bit of time with me to show me, um, some technical things. And then she went on to, um, teach me directly like one-on-one. And I worked with her, I think it was a summer that I worked with her, but it was like a three month period of time. And we did a lot of one-on-one stuff. She showed me, um, how to use the dark room. And I mean, it was just a, you know, a beautiful experience. And, you know, I credit her to knowing how to use a camera. And to to have that connection with another human being, right. That's sharing that passion that you have or that you're interested in. And then you're like, you're like a total sponge around your. Oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because you're enthusiastic about the learning part. The person that's teaching you is enthusiastic about it. And, um, it's just such a neat, it's just such a cool way to learn something. And, um, and then after that, you know, I went on to, uh, you know, there's still with photography, especially there's still so much to keep, keep learning about, about lighting, because then you can get into like studio lighting and all of that stuff. And after I had gone back to college, um, I ended up getting an internship that turned into a job with a photographer who, um, shot, uh, naked women, scantily clad women (laughs) slash naked women, playboy style. And I learned so much from him. It's unbelievable how much I learned from him. Um, he was a master lighter. Like Mm, he, he got the very first version of Photoshop and, um, he learned Photoshop, you know, I mean, he was like, you know, one of the first ones on board with Photoshop. Um, but he, he, he didn't, you know, but this was, he was using film and he was such a master lighter that with, you know, um, lighting and gels and studio, or if we went on location to the beach, um, he, he just made women look stunning, like right Mm. out of the camera it was so fun working for him. And, you know, there was always like hair and makeup at four in the morning and we had to be out, you know, that had right. to be done by five thirty so that we could be out to catch the first rays of the sun sunrise. Yeah. And, um, from him, I learned like the importance of making someone in front of the camera feel, feel beautiful. Mm. And I mean, that is a skill that I appreciate so much. And I never would have learned that on my own. I don't think. 
I, I need that right now in my life. Yeah. A master lighter, like, uh-huh. right? Somebody to just walk around with you with this nice soft if I come lighting. To, when I come to Austin, can you just, can we uh-huh. work that out a little bit when we're walking yeah. around town or something? Like yeah. you have like one of those silver things around me. Right. Just softly light you and... Yeah. No, that's probably so important. Yeah, when you're looking at good photographs, it's not that just that the camera is quote unquote good, right? I mean, there's so much to it that you're doing. It's never the equipment. And that's right. that's one thing I learned from especially my early photography teachers that the equipment matters not. It is the person using the equipment and sure. how you can use um, your camera settings and lighting to make a beautiful picture and not have to rely on Photoshop. I mean, I'm so grateful that I learned all of this stuff before I ever got a, got a Photoshop program because, um, you know, it just makes a world of difference. Now at the same time, I hardly even know how to use Photoshop. <laughs> I can yeah. I can make a decent picture straight out of the camera. So anyway, yeah, I don't, I, yeah. I could go on and on, <laughs> but I, um, I just learned so much and every once in a while I'll find a Polaroid because once the lighting was set, you, you know, since it was before digital cameras, you'd have to take a Polaroid to, just to make sure that it was going to look the way you, way you thought it would look. Yeah. And I, I have, I will go I'll find so many Polaroids <laughs> where I'm like the one that's standing in for this gorgeous woman mm-hmm. that's got like, a, you know, a tiny, tiny bikini on or this beautiful lingerie on and um it's like, just hey, like peace sign hey, hey. no <laughs> makeup and <laughs> and beautiful as well I am sure and I will come across this and I'm like you know bathed I'm like swathed in this beautiful like blue lighting or something <laughs> mm-hmm. it's such such funny memories and whenever I'm telling anyone to it's like yeah I did that for a long time a long time I worked for him it was it was great it was a lot of fun if I could go back and do it again I would it was a lot of fun I wish I had a, a, a mentor like that or an internship or to learn something like that I for me again it wasn't I I did that I think I started working in a law firm when I was 16 my kind of mentors were Um, you know, I have a love of typography and the written word and vintage office supplies. So I could say that maybe maybe that's where, that's where it all began. Probably is. Yeah. And I had an office manager who was like a mother who shepherded me and I wanted to be like her. So yeah, so there was some mentor, but not, you know, not creative in the sense, um, of what you're talking about. There was no, there was only office fluorescent lighting, not good, um, and you had to wear nylons and things. So no, it wasn't, that wasn't my, uh, that's when not where did, I'm going to jump off from. <laughs> you're creative. When did you start seeing creative teachers in your life? Uh, well, I think I've shared before, I kind of, um, Martha Stewart was an icon for me for many years, for a decade. Uh, well, even still, I shouldn't say a decade, but that was like when I got into it, um, reading her books and trying things on for size. Um, but I think it was after I had my son and when I bought my store, um, my wine bar and gift shop that I, I started reading, um, books and, and kind of, you know, I was in a postpartum depression a little bit. So I started reading Anne Lamott and, um, I read a book called operating instructions mm-hmm. and it was about a journal about her son's first year. 
I didn't know who she was at the time. Um, and then I later read bird by bird. Mm. Um, but she, she, I started dropping into going, I wanted to read more, um, memoirs and people's story, the human experience. I really wanted to write like that too, but I didn't know how. And the only way I could figure out how was by reading more of it, kind of studying Mm it. So, um, that's what I didn't start writing for several years after that, but that was around 2004. And that was around the time I started kind of gobbling up books and, um, and trying to, I got the itch to start writing and to start documenting my own life, which I still do. Um, so that's kind of where I dropped in, but I, I think my, I I could list a whole bunch of authors that I read, which I'm not going to bore everybody with, but that was kind of my dropping in point. Mm -hmm. That was her. Was, uh, so that was, yeah, that was around 2004. My son was about one years old and was lonely and I wanted to do something. I wanted to write. I wanted to tell somebody about what was going on with me. Obviously, tons of inner turmoil, drinking a lot, owning a wine bar. Um, and so I kind of, that's what I did. My, my mentors were these books I could go grab and I started going to the library a ton and um, making that a thing that I just mm-hmm. kind of started gathering up my little teachers and bringing them home with me and right. quietly reading them and daring to think like, well, maybe one day I could do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. When I was thinking about this last night, when I was thinking about our conversation last night, I was thinking, you know, the thing that they, all of my mentors have always had in common, including my recovery mentors is that they had something I wanted. Yeah. And, um, that's definitely, you know, the common the common theme. Um, I loved Mary Carr from her Mm. first book because I, she's from Port Arthur and, or Groves, which is kind of like right next to Port Arthur, Texas. So it's sort of like South, uh, East Texas, really close to the Louisiana border. My ex-husband who, um, gave me the name Primo that I still have kept because mm-hmm. I really like it. <laughs> um, it's really good now that I know how to say it's it. It's a really good name. <laughs> um, his family is from Port Arthur and Groves as well. He was born and raised in Groves. And so when Mary Carr wrote her first book, I fell in love with her. Yeah. And, you know, I read, I read, well, interestingly, I checked lit out. Um, it was one of those things. It just kept looking at me out of the, you know, I'd see it out of the corner of my eye on the bookshelf in the library. And I was like, Oh, but it's about drinking and then quitting, I Mm -hmm. think. And I, you know, I, I wanted to read it, but then I didn't, I didn't want to read it. I I still haven't finished it. I could never read it. She was my, she was my hero already, but and I didn't know her full story, but I had a feeling that she had quit drinking. And I checked it out like two times without reading it. I would re-check <laughs> it out and not even start it. And then I finally started reading it. And I would read it when I was still drinking. And I, I would read it at night, then the next morning, and I have to get up and kind of go back through and look at the pages and try to refresh my memory on what I'd read and, um, and that's how I, you know, I read that book probably a year or so before I quit drinking, but mm. she had, she had, she has what I want. She had what I wanted and she has what I want. And it stuck with me, you know, it, um, 
It did. So I, I mean, I would probably accredit her as to my first teacher mentor in, in the path to recovery for sure. I, so I read the liars club. I'm looking at it right now. It's one mm-hmm. of the book, one of the books that I have sitting here. Yeah. In this little that's stack. her first book. That yeah. book, um, to tell that kind of truth about your family. Right. Crazy. Right. Her mother. Yeah. Uh-huh. That um, I, I'm hooked on all of that. I love, yeah. I love reading um, about the human condition, and I love, I loved her honesty. So after I read that, that stuck with me, and it just reminded me a lot of my mom's family, mm-hmm. and not necessarily my life, but when her mom sets that fire in the backyard, mm-hmm. I, I picture it like it's at my grandparents' house. I don't know. It was just in the in the bed when she's they're always in the bed, right? Mm-hmm. reading in the bed, reading in the bed. Um, I don't know. I just imagined it and I could transport me is that what a mm-hmm. good writer does is she can transport you. But when she, um, when I saw lit, I checked it out. I've checked that out of the library so many times, Sandra. <laughs> and it was when I was drinking and I could mm-hmm. not, I Nope, that's not for me. <laughs> Cause I, right. whether that was, that was not, um, conscious. I don't think um, when I first started checking it out, it was like, yeah, that sounds, no, I, she doesn't drink. I drink. Um, I'm not going to read that, but I have checked it out in sobriety and I still, it was early sobriety and I couldn't finish it then either. And I don't know why. So I will have to try to, uh, have it's to try long. that again. It's a commitment, but it's, it's a great book. Well, I love, I mean, we've, I've listened to her on podcasts and I've, mm-hmm. uh, I just, anything she says, she's just so smart. And I know. Witty I love and her funny. so much. And, um, and she's women, very Texan. That's totally. Well, that's why I love her. You know how I have a thing for my Texas girls. Um, but her, like her and Anne Lamott made sobriety uh, appealing a little bit. Look right? smart. And, and, there's, yeah. and they can say the F word. And they right. believe in God, which at the time I did not. So they also, that made me not want to read their work either a little bit. Right. So I would read Anne Lamott's words, but then when I would go and see her book, um, uh, what is it? Is it, is it tender mercies? It has a church on the mm-hmm. cover of it. Mm-hmm. I was like, Nope, I'm not going to read that because I'm so judgmental mm-hmm. <laughs> contempt prior to investigation. Contempt. So I see it all the time at the thrift stores. And I was like, Nope, Nope, not going to buy that. Actually I have it now. It's on my bookshelf. Still haven't read it. Um, so that some of my teachers have to wait for me. <laughs> Right. You know, like I, I broke in and I get their books and they're just kind of waiting for me on the shelf, which there's a lot in this summer. I'm going to dig into some of those, but yeah, Mary Carr. So smart. I'm looking at her. It's the art of memoir right here. Uh huh. I read that this winter. Very good. She's just, I want to learn from her. She's just so incredible. Right. Right. She has, she has what I, she has what we want. Yeah. Yeah. I've talked about this before, but you know, my first three months of sobriety, I, every day I would put my headphones on and, and go for a walk. And, um, I had been listening to podcasts for a while. I started off with the WTF podcast when Chloe was a baby, when it first started, I started listening to it. And, um, but like the, my first week of sobriety, I think I went on iTunes and I don't think I, plugged in sobriety or recovery. I think maybe spirituality actually was the word I I plugged in. And that's when I stumbled on, on being by Krista Tippett. And I lost my mind 
I just lost my mind the first couple of ones I listened. And I went, oh, my God, oh, my God, I got to go. I mean, it was like a desperation. <laughs> I went back in and downloaded every single one for, that was available from the backlog. And I listened. I had Krista Tippett in my ears almost nonstop. Mm. I mean, you know, while I cooked dinner, while I went for the many walks I went for, sometimes I would even put myself to bed early mm-hmm. and and I was I was still listening and I was taking notes furiously and and you know writing down quotes and all the different people that she interviewed and I swear I really credit that woman for helping me continue sobriety in that early period of time. She's so wise and so uh, thoughtful and her questions are so meaningful and her voice is hypnotic and beautiful. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She kind of lulls you into this state when you look for me, she does like I, you turned me on to her last summer, I think. And I, that's when I first started listening to her and it was just every single one. I, I'm like, why do I want to listen to this with an astrophysicist? That's probably going to be boring. And I'll listen to it and go, absolutely not. You're crying at the end of it. (laughs) So smart, so insightful. And I think I was a little nervous to listen to it because of um, the spirituality component. I was still Mm -hmm. struggling whether I had a higher power or, you know, all of that. And it really like dropped me into it. Because the way she approaches it and talks about it, how everybody kind of comes to their spiritual path, um, really accessible, non-judgmental, mm-hmm. so smart, so yeah. smart. You, I, I know. have a girl crush too. She's pretty. She's pretty special, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I um. I get. I got to see her. Okay. So here's something that I wanted to throw out there too, as far as getting to know your teachers. If your teachers write a book, book signings have mm. like been my new passion. I had never been to a book signing oh. before I got sober. Never. I mean, I thought, why would you go to a book signing? They're like at coffee shops and, you know, <laughs> I don't even There's understand no that at no, all. Why would people do that at night? Night? You have to drive there at six o'clock? No, that's not happening. I never went to book signings and I freaking love to go to book signings so much. And I have met so many of my teachers and mentors. I met Mary Carr. I met Krista Tippett. I met Sally Mann, who is a photographer that I've admired uh, forever, forever. Um, gosh, I... I'm not even barely, I'm barely touching the list. Rob Bell, I'm, I'm at Rob Bell at a book signing. Look I'm, at you, name dropper. Look at I you. I know, okay. I know. And, you know, you get 30 seconds with them or whatever before yeah. you start feeling a little weird, like creepy and stalkerish. <laughs> so you can gush a lot in 30 <laughs> seconds. You really can. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you can. You are correct. Well, I, I, I mean, I saw I'm, Krista Tippy that she got me sober and she was like, okay. Like, you know, her look was like, it's at first her look was like, that's a lot of information and I need a second to process that. 
<laughs> Let me catch up with you. Let me catch up with you, redhead. Let me catch up with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she just, and then her face became so soft and sweet and she gave me a hug and yeah. I love it. Well, yeah. our friend, our friends, um, uh, a couple of our friends have met Augustine Burroughs and he was here out recently mm-hmm. for a signing and it was on a night I couldn't get out to the local bookstore. Um, but for me, I get really nervous and anxious even thinking about that. So I kind of just take it off my radar. Like, nope. Um, when I was at the She Recovers event and Glennon Doyle Melton is standing right behind me and my friend is like taking pictures and like, don't you want to turn around? Don't you want to turn around? I'm like, I actually run the other way if there's somebody that, you know, I ended up talking to Nikki Myers, which was great. Um, but I'd, normally my reaction is give them space, do not fawn, act like you don't even know them. No, um, I totally get that. And I do the same a, thing. However, a book signing, you yeah. are for, if you want your book signed, totally. you're going to be in front of them by yourself totally. for, you know, 30 seconds. So it really is a good opportunity to just, you know, yeah. break out of your shell. <laughs> well, now, the, that, now that you're saying this, do just... the scary thing and say, <laughs> I really love you a whole lot. You really changed my life. Thank you very much for writing this book. <laughs> <laughs> I did that. Okay, now that okay, you're bringing back a memory. I did that when I went to that book salon, um, literary salon with Aiden Donnelly Rowley, and mm-hmm. the author Claire Bidwell Smith was there, and she signed a book for me. And I met her before at a writing conference uh, workshop. Um, but Aiden, I told her basically that her year without wine series really helped me get sober. And it was really awkward, like you just said. I think I just blocked that out. And she was mm-hmm. like, all right, I've got a line of people behind you. Let's keep this moving. <laughs> right. Well, because it's a lot, you know. Sure. I, mean, I was sure. I don't know what I was I expecting. I don't know how I would react either. You know, it's a lot. It's um, it's a big responsibility to yeah. know that you helped save someone in yeah. some way you know it's like it's, it's a lot to absorb <laughs> yeah I mean she's gracious and I've since talked to her over the phone and told her you know what you know how that anyhow we had more time to follow up in a phone call which I can't even believe we had a phone call just, just I mean but she's like us right she's like right. us and um but I did just sign up to go to a book signing which I had a, a typically had you know I would not have signed up for this to go see Daniel Laporte oh right so for me my teachers, I like to resist. I like yes. to have a lot of reservations and kind of keep them at arm's length. So I have not read anything by Daniel Laporte. I have not, I don't have her, I think she has like a daily card stack that people read from. She has a journal, which the I love. The truth bomb thing. Yeah. And the, the what, how do you want to feel journals and that, yeah. I've seen it all looks really pretty. I'm drawn to it because I just am drawn to pretty journals and nice handwriting. And mm-hmm. I like all that, but I've kept it at arm's length because I think I watched a couple of videos and I was like, this might be too yeah, much, too much for me. me. But I, she's going to be at Grace Cathedral in San Francisco. It's a beautiful church. I just went to recently that has these beautiful labyrinths and it's just gorgeous. And she's having a book signing there for her new book. And something came over me and I was like, I'm going to go to that. Because I wanted to go to the church and I thought, you know, I need to open my mind to these teachers mm-hmm. and make my dis- make up my mind after. Right. right? How about that, Terry? Right. How about doing it afterwards? How about not being so judgmental and, and or fearful of what the mm-hmm. lesson is? So I, yeah. I'm going to go. You get two books when you go to the signing. I think you pay for the tickets, but you get two books. She's going to sign them. 
I should probably know more before I go have a book signed, but I'm just going to go. I'm just going to, that's my, um, my year, this, my word this year is dare. So I am trying to dare myself to do things that are scary. I love, I like that. Yeah. Well, and you know, I think that that, I think it's a little smart, your approach. (laughs) A little. Because, well, you know, I mean, in the, in the very beginning of my sobriety, I was like a sponge. I was soaking up Mm -hmm. everyone's words. I, you know, I would fall down one rabbit hole and then I'd climb out and fall down another one. And, you know, now that I've had a little, a little bit of time, I kind of think that, you know, not everybody is going to be my guru or, you know, that will evolve, you know, the person, the guru or the teacher or the mentor that I'm giving my money and my time and my energy and attention to, um, is going to change and morph and evolve. And not everybody is going to be, my guru. And just because, um, you know, that person has a a million Instagram followers or whatever, you know, seems to be everyone else's teacher. It's just, she still might not be mine, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of, there's the like Pema, um, is it children or children? Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of people I hear talk about her and recommend her books and, um, I'm, I've checked them out from the library several times. And again, I can't drop in. Yeah, so that's I can't either. I'll be honest. Oh, okay. I can't drop in either. Yeah, not me. Um, yeah. So what I, my friend, a very good friend recommended when things fall apart after my friend died. Mm-hmm. I said, actually I really own it. think yeah. you should read that. So I own it too. It's sitting on the shelf with a few other teachers that are waiting for me. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is that like I bought a course in miracles and I have a Marianne Williamson book. I haven't read these things they're waiting for me. And, um, this weekend I started two books that, um, Gabby Bernstein, I've been putting off as well. And I started reading the universe has your back cause it was on sale and ebook for like 99 cents. So I started reading that and the whole beginning of the book is about resistance. And I was like, Jesus, <laughs> here it comes. It's like, this is the theme. And it, so I thought I'm going to push through and I'm going to finish this. And then I got the book from Rob Bell. Um, what is the Bible? Which is very interesting to me that I bought that. I'm reading that book. I'm going to take that as an assignment this summer, take some notes. So I'm going to dabble. I'm not going to be overwhelmed. I think I have to read every book that I bought, but they're waiting for me. And that's kind of the mm-hmm. cool thing with sobriety. You get to craft and make your own quote unquote program. Mm-hmm. And no one has to do it the same. And it doesn't have to be the same teachers as everybody else, or it can be. And I can surprise myself and go, oh, this is what everyone's been talking about. I, it just sure. wasn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't ready for it yet. You weren't ready. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And, that, and that's what I like about finding our own teachers in recovery. Like that's why I like listening to things like what we're talking about when I listen on other podcasts or hear what people are having to say, because, um, you can take a little nugget or you can take the whole thing and go get their all, every book they've ever written or, um, but you get to decide. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's important in recovery that you get to decide. Uh, many of us are, you know, like to control things that are, I've found has been a similar thread and we get <laughs> to control our recovery. Exactly. And I like that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, who see. are your, who are your current creative teachers? Uh, so I've kind of, um, I was thinking back to when I started. So when I sold my shop in 2008, that's kind of when everything kind of crashed. 
and burned in my life. Shop was sold. I had time on my hands. Didn't have money on my hands. That's when my drinking started changing. That's when I started, you know, drinking liquor and not wine because liquor was cheaper. So things, you know, I made some changes there. But um, when I woke up every single day, I would go and read a blog by this woman named Nikki um, Holt Klein. And the blog is called Dig This Chick. Mm-hmm. She had what I wanted. Now, she wasn't sober. She drinks martinis occasionally. She's not one of us. But but creatively, she, she had creatively, what you wanted. She had what I wanted. She was creating... Her life was her creative foray. So I watched her start. She was a gardener, and that's why it was called Dig This Chick at the time. She fed her family, and that interested me because times were tough for us. So I was trying to figure out how to feed my family, and so I started following her. And then she started sewing things and making little skirts. So I ordered some skirts for her for my nieces. Now she's built this whole business called Dig This Chick. And if you digthischick.net and um, her business is Dig and Company. And she has all these amazing t-shirts and hats. And um, she cares deeply and passionately about where she comes from, which is Montana. So a lot of it's Montana makers. And she she... I could, I'm just gushing. There's a connection. So I, so she, she started making things and I started doing those things in my life, not sewing. Um, but I did dabble and try a little bit of that. It made me start trying things, taking workshops, figuring out that I could design my own life, right? I could, (laughs) I could create things. I could repurpose things. I started thrifting more because she did all of it. She just inspired so much in me. I started making my own bread, making my own yogurt, having these experiments, you know, and, um, she, I looked forward, I read her blog religiously. She posted every, um, Wednesday and Monday. And those days I would get up, even when I, I would get up hoping that she posted on a different day. It was one of those things. That was the first thing I did when I got out of bed. Hmm. And, um, she was having a writing, she was going to be a teacher at a writing workshop that I've talked about on the blog. I mean, on the, blog, on the podcast here. <laughs> and I was really nervous to go meet her at that workshop. And it was in on Orcas Island called Wright Doe Bay. And um, she was a lovely human being, as I knew she would be. Um, but last Memorial Day weekend, she was here teaching uh, a workshop called The Artful Homestead. And so I went to that and had a beautiful time. And we had a meal out in the field with sheep all around us. We had an opera singer singing Amazing Grace. It was like this spiritual, beautiful experience that mm. I couldn't quite believe that this person that I had been reading and following and wanted what she had in sobriety, you know, at last year being sober, I got to have it. Mm-hmm. I realized, I realized that my life was, was I had finally got what I wanted. Right. You're like, well, I'm now I'm doing this. Pinch yeah. me. Yeah. And she was here three years ago when I went to that festival and blacked out and I was so nervous to meet her. Um, the reason she was here is that we have mutual friends that were in a band that was closing um, the festival. And so she made a point to come over and, and cause I'd reached out through comments through the year and um, yeah, we'd met at this writing conference. So she said, Oh, come over. Well, I just was so nervous. I drank. Um, I went to a winery luncheon beforehand, which mistake um, drank a bottle of champagne with her that I've been saving. It was so special. And then went to the festival and so nervous to hang out with her that I just kept drinking Mm-hmm. And when I woke up the next day, I couldn't remember how I got home. I couldn't, um, 
I looked at my phone to kind of reconstruct what the heck happened, looked at photos as you do. And so when that was three years ago, when, when she came and taught this workshop last year and I took it and I got to reframe you got to re you got to redo you got to do over (laughs) totally and she's kind of followed my journey and sent me such last week she sent me the most beautiful text about an essay I'd written over on mama load about parenting a teenager and my decision to stop drinking and just really generous I'm totally gushing because I just she's been really important to me and so it doesn't have to be somebody in recovery either you know I wanted I wanted uh I wanted a life like that, which I know isn't all perfect on her end either, I'm sure. Mm-mm, but but still, it got me going. Yeah. It got yeah. me going. Whatever it takes to get you going. And you're so good about reaching out to people that you admire. I, I really, I like that about you. Oh, I thank you. Well, only recently, really. You know, huh. I mean, back then I sent her some comments, but, um, oh, that's not true. No, I'm going to take your compliment. Thank you. You're good. Yeah, you're good <laughs> I at do. that. You really are. I you're like- good at giving... Um, praise and, and, you know, reaching out and being enthusiastic and not holding back. Isn't I like it that. nice when somebody does that though? Like it's so nice. I wish I was better at it. You're really good at it. <laughs> well, we have been receiving. You are my teacher. Oh, Sandra. <laughs> well, I wanted what you had. And I heard you. I'm like, that's the girl. See how I did it? <laughs> I'm going to read. I was just, when you were just saying that, I was like, well, I reached out. That's why we're here. Yeah, <laughs> right? it's true. <laughs> Let's do this. I am. Mm-hmm. All right. I just manifested that stuff. Sandra, so. Um, so yeah, so she was a great, she was a great instrumental teacher in my life. And I also took a workshop online when I started getting this desire I couldn't quite name it, what was going on with me when I was drinking, because I'm still drinking, right? This is 2008, so that was nine years ago. But there was like a little seed planted, and I kept kind of following, you know, what what is it that is calling me? So I kept trying everything on for size, and there was an online photographer um, named Vivian McMaster who had a course called Be Your Own Beloved, Mm -hmm. And it was exploring self-compassion through self-portraiture. And I had, my husband got a brand new, nice DSLR camera. Nikki took a lot of photos. She was a photographer as well. So I was like, I'm going to try this on for size. Um, It's not my thing I figured out Mm -hmm. as I do with things. Um, But it taught me more than just how to work a camera. Her point was to create beauty and to see Mm -hmm. yourself. And I would credit that little foray. I still have my little workbook for it. It was an online class. It was the first online class I'd taken. And it gave me permission to actually take a picture of myself, which I've been hiding, right? We hide forever. Mm-hmm. I'm not in the mm-hmm. photos. I'm not in the things. I'm. Um, oh yeah. There's a reason why I'm on the other side of the camera. <laughs> <laughs> but that was another kind of permission to start those pictures. I wanted to help um, tell a story on my blog. So the reason I told myself I was doing it was that I was going to learn how to take these photos and that I could actually represent my life more clearly on my blog if I was included, which I still uh, clearly I'm doing work of taking of having photos of other women. I'm not comfortable with it, but it was the first time I gave myself permission to play around and like try. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I was just thinking, um, you know, I had always wanted to take a writing class and I've talked about my writing class before, but just real quick, I'm going to mention it again. Mm. I've always wanted to take a writing class. I knew that there was a, an author here in Austin that I really admired a whole lot. Turns out she's sober too. Um, but I didn't know that actually at the time. Um, but I'd read her, I'd read her, all of her work and I admired her so much and I knew she gave these writing workshops, but I, I just, you know, I could never, uh, I never thought enough about myself Hmm. to sign up for one, you know? Yeah. And, um, and, and that was one of the first things I did when I got sober. I, I, I was probably about six months sober and I just, was like, you know what? I'm doing it. And she has been a huge teacher, um, in my life, my friend Spike. Um, she's a, she's a great writer. She's a great teacher. She gives incredible feedback. And, um, I just, you know, I can't recommend enough, you know, if you can ever, um, take a little class or a workshop from someone that you really admire a lot, um, do it because they love it just as much as they're, they're getting just as much from it as you, as you are. That's why they're doing it. And, um, don't think you're not worthy because you know, you are, you're giving your, giving, doing yourself a disservice. And, um, I don't, take a class from her full time anymore. I'm, I think I'm going to jump back in though this summer, mm-hmm. but I love, I love it so much. And when I'm not doing it, I miss it. I miss the one-on-one interaction with the other students and with her. I just get, I get so much out of it and it's really too inspired me. So I used to, uh, going back to sewing cause you know, we have multiple things that we do. We're <laughs> multi-passionate people. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to sewing, I, for years, I would, um, so this is before Pinterest, I would buy magazines and cut, um, clothing out that I, uh, liked that I not necessarily wanted to dress as, but make something I wanted, maybe wanted to emulate. And I have scrapbooks and scrapbooks of, um, these cutouts that I made for magazines and I would categorize them in skirts and pants and dresses and tops and accessories. And, um, they're just some, some of my most treasured possessions. <laughs> I love them so much. I still go back and flip through them because my tastes are still the same. You created your pre-interest board. Yeah. In these books. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll take a picture of them sometime and put I- them on, on Instagram. I think I've seen, you did a video maybe once that I've maybe seen. Maybe I did. I and I that. loved it. It was like mm-hmm. see, a little peek into your soul. It was mm-hmm. like, and you're right. Cause the things we're attracted to, right. The things, um, that we've done before I just did for my painting critique. I, I had a painting from 19, no, from 2001 that's been hanging in my studio and I had to paint a final painting for class. And I looked when I brought the painting home to work on, the background was the same as this painting that I did in 2001. It's kind of orange and red. And I was like, oh, wow, that's, cool. 
16 yeah. years later, I'm still, that's what I'm drawn to as the background color. Mm-hmm. So I did, yeah. a, I did an interpretation, uh, uh, 16 years later, I did an interpretation of my first painting, um, for my final critique and it's different yet the same. And Isn't that I love how it just stays yeah. with us, right? It's, dorm- we uh-huh. don't even, it's not even conscious. You're just kind of, it's right. just in you. So those like your books, style might change, but your, your taste, it's kind of that, that, that thing that, that makes up your DNA sort of stays the same. Yeah. 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 And, and, um, so, um, going back to these little books that I made, um, I found a designer, um, through these books. She was kind of like, her clothing was like in Barney's, I think, and sort of hot. It was getting in a lot of the magazines around, kind of right around the time I started my little clothing business, probably 2003, four or five, somewhere around there. And her name is Natalie Shannon. And um, I just loved her stuff. She recycled. Um, her first designs were things made out of T-shirts. and But they were high fashion. I mean, um, uh, you know, they were sold at Barney's and Nordstrom's. and yeah. Or some, actually probably some of the smaller bo- L.A. boutiques. And um, I loved her stuff. And then turns out, and it's funny how these things happen, turns out, She's a native, native Alabama, Alabamian. Is that a word? I maybe made that up, but um, she's from Alabama. Mm-hmm. And when she just got as far as she thought she could go without burning herself out in New York, she went back to her hometown in Florence, Alabama, and she opened up her own factory and because that was a big textile, there was a big textile factory or several textile factories there. And because of a lot of that work had moved overseas, there were especially women there that were jobless. And so a lot of her work, you'll have to look it up. Her company's called Alabama Shannon and, um, a lot of it's handwork, hand stitching. Like I'm, I made a dress. I made you a dress yes. out of that's out of her style, and she's written some books too. Um, but uh, she employed all of these women, um, and now she's built like this beautiful factory. She has, she gives workshops there. She even has like a little cafe. I mean, it's like my she has what I want. Let me just tell you that. <laughs> um, and it's I, and it's Shannon C H A N I N. C H. Uh huh. Alabama C H A N I N Alabama Shannon is her company. And, um, it's, uh, uh, it's just, it's stunning. Her work is stunning. Um, her style has kind of stayed the same and it's just, it's unbelievably beautiful. She, she adopts a lot of like quilting and hand stitching techniques into clothing. So it's all, it's just a completely slow movement. Like the whole thing is. And, um, plus she's revitalized that area economically and, ah, her, her work is just beautiful. But in my name it book, I, I put, you know, direct study, internship, mentorship, you know, season, studying in at Alabama Shannon. Like, I don't even know if that's available, if that's a thing, but I'm, I put it in my name. And book. I like it's it. Something I'm going to research this summer. Like, what if I could do like a residency there or some kind of internship or something? I think you can. I would 
die. <laughs> I, I think I just, I made it up. If she doesn't offer them, I've, 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 I made it up. <laughs> well, maybe you can um, Little does pitch she know. that. Yeah, just pitch that to her in an email. Like I'm, I'm working on a pitch email to Tom Waits. So you just work on that pitch email to Alabama Shannon, and we'll we'll compare notes. Yeah, <laughs> what is her good. name again? Her name is Natalie. Natalie. So mm-hmm. she did a show. I, I missed it, and I'm so bummed that I missed it. She had a show um, of some quilts mm-hmm. um, at Heath Ceramics in San Francisco. And they did, um, they did some type of exhibit there at their studios and at their, um, factory with her stuff. And so I wish I could have seen it. Um, but I know who she is now is, was the geese bend, is that how you say it? Geese bend, geese bend quilters. Mm-hmm. Are they from Alabama? Do you know? Uh, yeah. So when I read a book on that project on the geese bend, um, quilters and watched a documentary on it, I think that's when I stumbled across Alabama Shannon somehow. Um, I know that's not the same, but I, that's how I do. So <laughs> I go to the library and I get a big, beautiful book and um, I looked at all the quilt and then that takes me down a rabbit hole of other things. And that was around that time. I think I discovered her mm-hmm. and her work. Yeah. And that it was kind of yeah. in that, um, I think, vein or something was saying that she was inspired right. by or, yeah. Because, yeah, because her, yeah, her whole, her whole aesthetic is, you know, handcrafted, like actual you know, um, needle and thread. Yeah. 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 She actually had this line that she would say to Roseanne Cash, she and Roseanne Cash are really good friends. And then, um, Roseanne Cash ended up using this line. I think she either, either named a song after this line or her whole last album, but, um, she would tell, um, Roseanne, you just got to love the thread. You got to love the thread. Mm, yeah. That's a good metaphor. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, there was, I know we're getting up to about an hour here. So, um, yeah. there's a couple people I wanted to mention as teachers. I, yeah, I, I don't want to go on too long about them, but I would say that my sponsor is one of my teachers. And I just wanted to mention yeah. that I've been having kind of some feelings lately, like where I feel like I'm being wishy-washy about the 12 steps and not talking about it or being having enough conviction about it. And I don't, not that I need to be telling everybody they need to go to AA and that's not what this is about or this podcast is about, but I need to have some more conviction that it's really worked for me and it's Mm -hmm. not all that I do, but it is the foundation right now for the work that I do. And it's really important, um, to have a woman in my life that is helping me through the book because I would resist that book you know, it's, I only read it when I read it with her. So I'm not reading it outside, um, of the meetings and outside on my own, but she's been really important to my recovery. And I really, I wanted to just mention that. And I also want to mention that Holly from hip sobriety, um, as a teacher that, um, for both for my recovery and for my creativity, when Holly, um, I think I illustrated a quote of Holly's that she saw and then we got right. in touch with each other. Um, it was, and that was through Laura McCowan because Laura had shared it with her. Anyhow, Holly's work kind of scared me at first because she was saying some things that weren't so popular maybe, or that weren't, um, they were different and that's why I was drawn to them, but that's also why I was a little bit scared of them as well. Mm-hmm. And over time, 
knowing Holly now and seeing how, like, I don't know how her heart fits inside of her because it's so big. And I see that, that she's generous also with me in terms of my creativity. She's encouraged and fostered me and we've worked on a project together. And when I want to back out or try to say, I don't think I'm the one for this, or, you know, so many people now, why don't you, I know, you know, probably people who can do this better than me. She's like, Nope, I want you. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's love that period. So what's next, you know, and every time I'm afraid or every time I want to back out of the creative gig, which is often because I I'm nervous. I'm not, I don't believe in myself enough. She comes in full force, gives me the love, the, what you need sometimes as a creative, right? You need to have, know that somebody believes in you or that likes your work when you're having self doubt and Holly. So she's taught me through her hip sobriety school, so many tools to stay sober. And I've learned and read and listened to her podcast with Laura, the home podcast. She has, she's kind of the whole circle for me. I can take what I want. I don't have to take everything that she does like Kundalini, but I can (laughs) still bitter about the Kundalini. Um, but I can take what she want, what I want. And I leave the rest just like I do in the rooms of AA. And I Mm -hmm. find that very empowering. I find that very, um, just very empowering. Again, Mm. I like to have all the control, right? Which I know I don't, I know that I'm not in charge, but when it comes to crafting my recovery, that feels pretty cool to find people like her. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. How about you? Do you have any other recovery teachers or anybody that you want to touch base on? Are you good? Oh, you know, I mean, definitely my sponsor. I don't talk about her much because out of respect for her, um, you know, mm-hmm. but um, huge in my life, huge in my life. And many, many women of the rooms have been, I mean, you know, if you – walk into a meeting, um, you're going to find somebody in there that's going to teach you something probably every time. And, um, those moments have been invaluable to me, really, really invaluable to me. And, uh, especially as I, you know, continue to continue to walk this path. And even when I don't feel like showing up, when I do, it's always just the right time, you know, Yeah. I always hear something I needed to hear without a fail. Actually, mm-hmm. I always hear something I needed to hear. So, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with you there. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'm done. I could seriously, I could keep talking, but <laughs> right. I, I have, I have so many other things here. Yes. But we're going to save this for another, right. This another part one. Maybe. Yeah. This is part one. Cause I, yeah, I didn't even touch on some other things here, but yeah. So we will wrap it up with our, um, unruffled toolbox items for the week that have helped us maybe stay sober or get creative this week. Um, do you want to give that a start or you want me to start? Yeah, yeah. Um, mine are going to be pretty, I mean, like basic toolbox items. Good. But yeah, yeah. The first one was just getting the hell out of town for 36 hours. Mm. It's so it's so important to just 
mix it up and do something different every once in a while. Um, you know, I, uh, one thing that I held on to one of those old stories that I held on to for forever was that alcohol was the only thing that made me spontaneous. Mm. If I, if I didn't have it, it would just be life would just be a monotonous bore. Now, <laughs> how ironic it is that that is the life that I had <laughs> a monotonous bore. But, um, uh, but then sometimes, you know, especially in the million days of May, um, <laughs> you know, you're just trying to do all the things and, uh, it can get really, really monotonous. So it was just good to get, to go for a drive, get out of town, be under the stars for 24 hours. It was really, really, really good. Good for the, good for the brain, good for the soul. Good. Did your whole family go or was it just you and the kids? Just me and the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, nice. yeah. 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 I like that. Yep. Uh, mine's going to be pretty basic too. my first one, but really important to me in terms of my anxiety. Um, when I, so my, my first one is that I removed caffeine from my life and I was looking at my little counters, 176 days today. So almost six months and by wow. removing caffeine has changed the last six months of my life. So, um, starting this podcast, doing, um, going to New York to, um, she recovers flying, flying four times, going to Austin to see you in February, going to Vegas three times to be with my friend who was dying and her family, getting over myself, removing caffeine has helped me do that. I know it sounds hmm. bizarre maybe to some, but I, that, that caffeine fueled my anxiety to such a degree. Mm-hmm. I was kickstarting the day by drinking three cups and mm-hmm. it just set, it was off and running. Now, I'm still off and running, actually, but in a very calm kind of sedate, uh, not sedate, just measure, just kind of, okay, what's the deal? What are we doing here? It does not have to be drama. It's not a frenzied Mm -mm. mess, yeah. No, I can handle, I guess in perspective, too, my my perspective shifted a lot um, in February with my friend and having to go and go, really, I'm going to freak out over going through security when my friend is laying in a hospital bed, no, I'm going to get over myself. But the caffeine did something to my body physically and removing that from my life has helped change my sobriety. It helped, it just has helped change my recovery, I guess, and that I handle things differently. And, um, so that's my number one. It's been big for me and it's been really, really helpful. Well, that's good. That's good for you. Yeah. Um, well, you know, knowing what, you know, knowing if you just, I mean, knowing that if we removed this one thing in our life, it would just be phenomenally better, you know, it's a lesson that we keep learning, Yes, (laughs) but it's, it's hard sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a big, bold move. Um, okay. So my second one, again, basic is a good freaking night's sleep. I mean, I cannot tell you how, how, how did I live for so long with 
sweaty, interrupted sleep. I have no idea how I did that. And I mean, my kid is uh, almost nine. So it wasn't that long ago that I had a baby, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's already interrupted sleep. And then just to add, add to that, I just don't know how I lived for, you know, the last 10 years of my life before I quit drinking that it's like, way. It's like crazy town. It's like we were living in crazy town. It, it crazy just, town. Uh, crazy town. I don't because, know how we operate it. Yeah. I do not because know. even now, like this morning, for whatever reason, I stayed up until about 1030. And so I didn't get as much sleep last night as I like to. And I, I'm, I can feel it. I can feel it. I mean, and especially now, like the perimenopausal thing and the brain fog and all these hormonal changes that, that are happening with me, eight to nine hours of sleep is the only, only magic elixir <laughs> that I can take right now. And it is it is magic, and I will never, ever take it for granted ever, ever, ever again. <laughs> I am nodding my head so hard it's going to fall off. <laughs> yes. As, as a million times yes. <laughs> yes. God. <laughs> yeah. That is in the toolbox. That is a good one. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. So because I think I still kind of want to keep talking about rich roll a lot on oh, our yeah. podcast. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm good. <laughs> Go. <laughs> so after sharing last week about my um, eye candy that is Rich Roll on my Instagram stories, I felt a little bad that I was objectifying him, you know. And so I thought, well, I should listen to his podcast. And um, especially <laughs> since you recommended that, you said it might intensify things for me. Is I think what you said? Yeah, I was like, yeah. If, yeah I said, don't. Mm-hmm. If you, if you no. don't want your love to grow, I want to say then thank you. Don't. <laughs> Um, and, and, and to kind of make amends maybe to his wife, I listened to the one where she interviewed (laughs) him. So I was like, you know what, beautiful wife, I'm gonna, since I am just staring at your husband every day when he's half naked. Um, I am, so it's the rich roll podcast. The, the, it's called growth is our mandate and it aired Uh on May 17th. Mm -hmm. It's the most, it's not the most recent one, but it's that one. Wow. I have, what a great, smart human being he is her too and a smart couple yeah smart couple had so much to say and I <laughs> don't laugh at well you can laugh if you want after I got done listening to that and I really appreciated I think that's what made me want to say something about AA too like he really owned it about mm-hmm. and so did she even though that's not her path she, no. she appreciated that program for changing their lives and like getting mm-hmm. him on this path and I thought if I don't start saying that as part of my story then I'm not really I'm not helping anybody that might have that as an option or think about that as an option. You know, I'm not saying you have to do anything, but I liked his conviction and kind of then went on from there. Didn't dwell on it. Just like that is the foundation. He sponsors people. Um, and then he does the work in the world that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, it was the five year anniversary of his memoir, um, and of him being an ultra athlete. Um, he talked about that. He talked about their new vegan based, um, food program, which my doctor has been recommending for years that I remove animal products from my diet Mm. for years. Mm -hmm. Do I listen for a little bit? I do. Um, occasionally I do. Um, so I actually, I went on their website. It is like a plethora of information. So 
he might be my teacher this summer, him and his wife. She has a new book about this mm-hmm. cheese is nuts and it's a vegan mm-hmm. cheese and the whole vegan cheese. cheese. It looks delicious. The pictures have been yeah amazing. So I'm going to, that's my number two for this week. That really, I, it made an impression on me. It was a really great um, podcast to listen to the two of them kind of talk about their story. And mm-hmm. um, that's it. That's my number two. I like that one. Yep. <laughs> I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So my last one again basics. So I am a jogger slash walker. I've talked about it many times. I do it mostly for my mental health. Just I, I like to get outside for an hour. I like to get sweaty if that's, if it's, if the temperature provides that. Um, I love it. It's been a huge, huge consistent, um, item in my toolbox, but Lately, I've had these bursts of energy, and I have felt like sprinting. It's weird. It's just completely out of nowhere. And um, so I've been, so I've just let myself. When before, I would have thought, oh, but I'm not that kind of a runner. That's that's not mm-hmm. the type of that's not the type of exercise I get. I've just been doing it, and um, God, it's just been pretty fun. Actually, it's fun to just tear ass down the road as fast <laughs> as you can go. It's fun. It's, you kind of feel like a kid. And, um, yeah, so I've, I've, I've been sprinting. Look I don't know. You. I don't know where this is going. Maybe, yeah. an, maybe to an injury, but <laughs> right now I'm having fun. <laughs> don't hurt yourself, Sandra. I need you. <laughs> Your kids need you. I like it. I don't have that much energy. I'm going to be honest. So I appreciate that you do. I like, I like that for you, not for me. <laughs> Is that how the saying goes? Good for you. Not yes. For yes. Oh, good. Do it while you can. Right. Right. That's exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my last thing is uh, something that you're involved with, with me as we like to collaborate on so much. Um, but it is my greatly, bleh, can't talk my daily gratitude uh, list that I do. And I am part of a daily gratitude circle, which includes you and about nine other women. That practice of making a gratitude list every day is one of the centerpiece. I mean, it is the centerpiece, I think, of my sobriety right now, my practice, kind of what I do that feels good and automatic and that brings me um, joy and that gives me, gosh, 15 minutes to look at my life and kind of look at the day, just the 24 hours, either that are happening or that have happened the day before. That practice I've been doing every single day since um, December of 2015, and that that makes me see things differently. I can see how it's morphed and changed over the um, last couple of years, and it's mm-hmm. it's been really a wonderful tool. If you're feeling like what I couldn't possibly list, I think my sponsor, I think I've shared before, said do 30 things. I couldn't possibly list 30 things to be grateful for. I can't stop sometimes. Mm-hmm. I have so much to be grateful for. And so that shift in thinking by slowly mm-hmm. writing down three things to start, if that's all you can do, you know, I'm thankful for food, water. A- yeah. If you have to start with just the bait, your basic surroundings, yeah. just take a look around you. Yeah. If you're writing your gratitude list on a computer, be grateful for that. Yeah. Technology. I mean, there's so many. So now 
it just kind of blossoms as I'm doing the list. You think one more thing. And I think sometimes of the situation that I'm in, like yesterday I wrote it when I was at the pool with Natalie. So it was really wonderful to kind of look at the day that how it was different and what right. I was doing at that moment. You can reflect. Yeah. But you can also look at it. Like I wake up before the house is up sometimes and I'll just start writing and, mm-hmm. and think about that. I have food in my refrigerator or that I have a working washer and dryer, which I think you once shared on a list that I thought, yeah, that's, that is something to be grateful for. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a roof over my head and a, a bed to go to at night. And that practice teaches me how to be a nicer person, actually. It teaches me how uh-huh. to have more space for people when, when they're going through dif- difficult things. It has taught me how to look at my life in a way um, that is bigger than I used to look at it. And it's just mm-hmm. more expansive. And that practice is gold to me. Yeah, it's true. I think I've even read that like meditation, it can, it actually does something to change your brain chemistry or your neurons or something. I'm, you know, I feel that way. Yeah, I think it does. That practice, I, I, of course, kind of didn't want to do it when it was um, my sponsor recommended it. And over time, it's become so important to me, really important to me. And it feels like my days off if I don't do it. And, um, for me, because I do like routine and habit and, um, it's a positive thing for me. It's not a negative mm-hmm. for me to do a list. It's a, a, always been a positive. So that's the, no, th- that's the yeah. third one in my toolbox this week. Yeah. They've, been, they've been helping me through a tough week I've been having with some other things going on in my life, not recovery related, but well, maybe recovery related grief. Um, but it's, 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 um, pulled me through. So it's been helpful. Yeah. That's a good one. So I think that's it. That's a good one. Yeah. We like to talk. Yeah. Look at us. We do. <laughs> My husband <laughs> thinks these podcasts are too long and we keep telling him like, well, we got stuff to talk about. We Yeah. Know, we feedback got stuff on to that, say. please. So yeah, let us know. We're going to post this um, in our secret Facebook group. So if you want to be part of our secret Facebook group, I think we have to be friends on Facebook. So you can friend me up or friend Sandra up and at, say that you want to be added. We will add you. Yep. Um, Tammy Salas on Facebook, Sandra Primo, Sandra, uh, Talbert Primo. Oh, Talbert mm-hmm. Primo. That's right. Mm-hmm. And we can start a conversation about that. Do these need to be shorter? I don't know. We're all or nothing. So I kind of feel like who's listening to us will like it all. <laughs> yeah, we like the length, but maybe you think otherwise. Yeah. So. And we'll, and we'll take that. And if they're too long or, um, or just certain episodes would be long. I don't know. This is episode number nine. I can't even believe we're to episode number nine already. I know. Yeah. We're good. We're doing it. Yeah. Next week we'll talk. I think we're going to do kind of like a check-in. Yes. And see what's going on in different aspects of our lives. And um, that'll that's on the slate for next week. And we're going to work on some interviews too, trying to get some people on the show to interview. Yep. So that's coming. Yes. That's on our to-do things. list after this week is after May ends. <laughs> we must get through the next 30,000 days of May. We can oh, give our attention to those other things. That's right. That's right. All right. All right. Well, have a great day. Tell Max yeah. happy, happy graduation. I will. I will. Enjoy your family. Smiling, sobbing mama. Yeah. I will. All right, friend. I'll talk to you later. Okay. <laughs> The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by NMMD. 
original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designer Chris Fikiri. Thanks for listening.